Did we pick up now where we left off? Mr. Stark, please. Yes, dear. Can I have your attention? Absolutely. Our priority here is to have you turn over the Iron Man weapon to the American people. Well, you can forget it. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. I have successfully privatized world peace. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Welcome back. We're here discussing Iron Man 2 on Into the Superverse. Yes, yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. I want my bird. Uh, so last night oh, we we're recorded... starting with that. Last night we recorded the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we have really gone from the cutting edge of the new Phase 4 MCU. We're stepping way back into the early days. Uh, and we are going to be discussing one of the movies that, much like Incredible Hulk, is considered to be the lower echelon of MCU movies. I personally, and I'm sure I mentioned this when we talked about Hulk on here, I don't remember, but this was one of the only ones that, not only had I not seen it in theaters, I just never really got around to watching it until I think it was 2016, I had just never seen it, and I did not really feel like my Marvel Cinematic Universe knowledge was, you know, majorly impacted. impacted. You didn't watch it before Iron Man 3? No. I knew what had happened, and I think I had watched some of it on YouTube, but yeah. The, I mean, I pretty pro- probably only really remembered the car scene yeah. in... Uh, Monaco or... I mean, that yeah, it's Monaco, the Grand Prix. I remember going to see Avengers and being like, I know I missed Black Widow's introduction, and I knew it was an Iron Man too, but I was like, you know... She gets a new introduction in Avengers, yeah. basically. Like, there's no need for me to have seen it. Uh, I think there are some good things that Iron Man 2 brings to the table, but nothing that was, like, Would crucial. you say Tony Stark's attitude is up there, or...? Because yeah. that's where my notes begin, is yeah. this is the peak worst Tony oh, yeah. Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't really care that he's dying. Like, he is just so abhorrent. Well, the way that this movie handles that whole plot, I think, affects that. You know, it's the sense of urgency, even though it's there, doesn't really ever feel there. But let's start off from the jump. Which was, of course, what I have already kicked off with in my Russian accent, which I, I will continue to do no further. Ivan Vanko being our primary antagonist. AKA the Mask Singer. Whiplash. Oh. oh. Different, different route. Going different routes. Different, different routes. Rough. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think, you know, someone can fact check my Masked Singer knowledge, but I'm pretty sure he made it all of half an episode before just ripping off his mask cuz i'm sure they paid him up front <laughs> is mickey rock really a get you know i know that it's a like, name that people know it is indeed and i know that he would probably be upset knowing that i am writing him off 
in the context of this movie because I don't think he was too happy about this. His role, his writing, and the Iron treatment of him on the set. Yeah, I don't... Between him and I think maybe um, Christopher Eccleston, who played the villain in Thor 2, they've both... I think Mickey Rourke has been a bit more um, explicitly critical, but neither of them are happy with the way that they were handled. Um, and I think that this one is kind of a... I have feelings. I don't think Mickey Rourke was the right person for this role, but I also think it was really poorly written. And I have a lot of questions about the production of this movie and how it was written and, like, was Marvel Studios, like, demanding that certain plot points be hit on because they're trying to get everything set up for Avengers? I mean, certainly, but, I mean, Mickey Rourke, I don't feel like was that bad the whole time. Like, anytime he's, like, fucking with Sam Rockwell, I thought was, like, pretty gold. And him just being, like, you think that I'm dumb, but, like, I'm really, like, super smart. Like, I just liked that plot point, and I thought he played that fun. Like, he did his weird laughing thing, which was, like, a choice, but, like, I was, like, here for it, I guess. I liked his and Sam Rockwell's interactions, but I just didn't think, like, I don't know. I was, like, his, his accent is, like, I don't know. Well, he doesn't talk a whole lot yeah it's just weird i just don't know what the casting process was i was like this could have been anybody and i don't know it's just the character is not really that much of a character it's very the backstory is very basic so i guess it's more of my problem less mickey rourke he just was working with what he had which was not a lot like came to get his revenge died Did Tony learn anything? Probably not. Does he ever? Probably not. Eventually. But not for another ten years. Um, Yes, so we start off the movie, which I thought was cool, um, you know, at the same time that Iron Man 1 ends with Ivan watching the I Am Iron Man speech on the TV, and I thought that was neat. Um, I guess I'll say. Uh, I just enjoyed seeing that speech from Ivan's perspective but I wish they you know it would have been nice for them to do a bit more with his backstory but they they rushed it a little bit um but still like that was a great scene from the first movie so it was cool and they knew it was iconic so it was like let's flip this on its head a little bit what do you think of what they've kind of said about Ivan no but what's the dad's name Anton Anton um like, did he and Stark just not get along? Or did he actually do anything that was, like, worthy of being, like, deported? Like, that seemed very glossed over. And, like, everyone was willing to be like, well, he's kind of a bad dude. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it would have been a really cool plot had it been delved into in proper detail. Because Howard Stark is such a you know, conflicted and conflicting figure. Um, But yeah, I guess we'll never really know. I, just based on like what we've seen of Howard Stark, I would not think that he would just have him deported out of, you know, if, if he hadn't done anything worthy of that. That's just the vibe that I get. But I know Howard is not like a great guy, but I don't know. This, it would have been, this is the kind of plot that would have really benefited from being like in a show and jumping into like 
you know, the how he was like a not Howard Stark was not like a truly good or bad guy. He was, you know, he was a genius, but he's working on these weapons and like to what end. Right. He's just pushing the science. Right. That's kind of. And I think it's kind of like, you know, the, the end product he's not even really thinking about. He's just working on the technology. Like, I think it would have been more interesting plot wise if, what ended up saving Tony was something that like Ivan had created in his prototype or like whatever, or like just something where it was like touche. Like, I don't know, like it comes around because I I don't know. I just felt like if you're going to introduce a backstory like that, that has no further impact than just this movie. Right. Because the most impactful thing from this movie for me is Tony kind of getting this sort of closure from Howard via these old videos. Um, so, you know, it would have been really interesting to have him get this closure and be like, okay, like, I understand you a little bit more now. And then also have to face the realities of what he did right. to Anton. and Exactly. Yeah. Use those teachings and being like, well, like you thought you were doing the right thing by deporting him, but, like, he's now, like, basically being the one that's saving my life, not you, and, like, having to reckon with that. Yeah, something more interesting. I think they were scared to jump into Tony's psyche like that. I will say, I think Iron Man in particular, all of the quote-unquote villains are very much in a vacuum for... Um, the Iron Man movies. I guess we're maybe going to get something to do with the... What is it? Mandalorian? No, that's a different show. What's the What's the character's name in Iron Man 3? The Mandarin. The Mandarin. Okay. <laughs> I was on the right track. Um, that I guess we're going to get something with the Mandarin in one of these new shows. But for the most part, nothing from any of the Iron Mans really come back in any of the other movies. Well, until we got the guy from Iron Man 1 coming back in Spider-Man Far From Home, but yes. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, I am personally hoping they'll bring back Justin Hammer for the Armor Wars show with Don Cheadle, because, you know, that's like the environment in which you'd be best suited. If you have Sam Rockwell, you gotta gotta use him. Someone, we got someone out here selling government secrets now. And I won't say who, because maybe you didn't listen to our uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode yet. But well, the someone, power broker. Yes, but someone might stand to benefit from those secrets. Oh, so you know he's not in jail. His tech sucks. He's too like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well connected or yeah. whatever. But you know, it's been. He's probably by the time he pops up again, before. it'll be a thirteen years IRL since he'd been seen in a movie. Maybe Sam Rockwell's the power broker. That'd be a weird twist. Everyone would, <laughs> people would be like, who? "Who the hell is that?" No, no, I don't remember Iron Man two. Why would I remember Iron Man two? Um, yeah. So going back to like my first note, I just think Tony's the absolute worst. Yeah, like the whole spectacle with the dancing and the whole expo, and it's like it's about me. Yeah, just it's kidding. Peak, it's about the future, peak but like asshole Tony. it's about me. It's he's definitely the worst. 
like what happened to all of that humbling that happened after like a terrorist attack last last film? He feels invincible now. And that carries into Iron Man 3. I think he Oh yeah. Well, he gets real humbled in Iron Man 3. And I, he's in a different place after Avengers anyway. But yeah, still. But... Um yeah, man, it's it's hard to watch when he's at the party scene and you know that it's just going to like escalate and it's still shocking that nobody got like hurt. But he was kind of close. Um yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure either the popular consensus of a rumor or there was some evidence of it at one point or another, there was a famous Iron Man comic arc called Demon in a Bottle, which is Tony Stark battling his alcoholism, basically. Mm. Um, And this kind of felt like a watered-down, like, I have an addiction that is killing me and... You know, in this case, it's more like the Iron Man suit is killing me. I'm not, addicted to being Iron Man. But, you know, it kind of felt like they were making it's it PG rated. by it. Instead of really diving into, like, the dark parts of that story. Um, and they would probably be a bit more comfortable deconstructing one of their heroes like that now. Maybe they wouldn't have done it for Tony Stark because he is, like, the icon. Well, they kept trying to bring back that idea, like, can you live without being iron man yeah isn't that question like raised multiple times yeah and the answer is always like no like because tony's always like i am it's not the suit it's me right yeah kind of like how batman like bruce wayne thinks of himself as batman not bruce wayne it's like i am batman (laughs) like i think there's actually a comic i've seen at least like a, a scan of it where wonder woman is using the lasso of truth and is like asking for people's real names. Superman's like, I'm Kal-El instead of Clark Kent. But when she lasses Batman, he's like, I'm Batman. It's like, <laughs> I, there's Bruce Wayne is not. Bruce Wayne is the act. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. Except for with Tony, there is no act. It's just, actually, I'm going to say with Anthony, because that was a move by Sam Rock or Hammer. Um, I have him written as Sam Rockwell. Each time in my notes, written out Sam Rockwell, <laughs> but um, it's a move to call him Anthony the whole time. I kind of just forgot. Well, that you know, that's why would I remember that detail? But I thought that was very funny because no one ever calls him that. Not once, and I love it because it's like he's like trying to flex any type of power over Tony, and there just isn't any. So he's like, oh, I've got him with this one. Yeah. Maybe when uh, they had Stark come to head-to-head with Thanos in Infinity War, they should have had Thanos be like, Anthony Stark. (laughs) I heard about you from Justin Hammer. All right, so we also get introduced to uh, Natalie, a.k.a. Natasha. Natasha Romanoff herself. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And they um, were like, look, we have Scarlett Johansson. She's hot. We're not going to... What are you going to do about it? Yes, we're going to put her in this skin-tight jumpsuit. Yes, the zipper is going to be halfway down her chest the entire time. That's really something that, like, you can see the progression of how she is presented from this movie to her most recent appearances in the MCU. And they have 
A little bit. She's still basically wearing the same yes, outfit. But like it's stuff like you said, like in this movie, she like puts her hair down for the fight. Oh yeah. And there's some she's gratuitous. She's wearing like a weird wig in yeah, this. And there's like butt shots and stuff. And in the new like Avengers movies, it's not like they they tone it down a little bit. I'm we're we're all on Tinder hooks waiting for the the movie to finally come out. Um the Black Widow movie, which yeah. has been in the works, well, has been well overdue for about 15 years. <laughs> uh, I feel so bad for No, everybody. not like 10 years. I mean, yeah, I feel so bad for everybody involved in that. It's like, oh, it's finally happening. It's like, the movie's been done for a year and a half and they're just sitting on it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how she plays it with that. But yeah, I mean... <clears throat> they definitely weren't as conscious or no, I don't even think conscious is the right word. They just weren't meeting the times or trying to get ahead of the times with how they treated female characters. No, they weren't there yet, which is unfortunate for everybody involved. It, it doesn't help that Scarlett Johansson is just like super hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and something I had said earlier when we were watching was, and I'm going to fact check myself as I say this, but someone on the Marvel Studios Reddit posted about um, Haley Steinfeld, who's going to play Kate Bishop in the new Hawkeye Disney Plus series. And she is 24, and basically Kate Bishop is being portrayed... And, you know, this is what people are getting from the comics. Maybe it'll be different in the show. She's, like, a young Avenger and would presumably be teamed up with, like, teenage heroes. But the actress is 24 now, and I think Scarlett Johansson was, like, 25 or 26 in Iron Man 2, and it's like, oh, this is not... Like, she's not supposed to be, like, a young hero, which I just think is right. She's supposed to have been like a staff. Yeah, like this is like she has a, a reputation. This is a shield agent. She's already done all this shit that she's like leaving behind. What do you think of other than the blatant sexism? Like, what do you think of how they like introduce her in this? Because I think it's kind of weird and like contrived. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely like a symptom of what a lot of this movie suffers from being like we have set up for Avengers. We don't have solo movies for two of these characters, so we got to do it now, you know. So that and they did a. I'm gonna say that maybe just in terms of screen time, they did a better job with her than they did for Hawkeye. Um, when did they introduce Hawkeye? In Thor. Oh right, yeah. yeah. He's like in his nest. Yeah, and it was. It really feels like an <laughs> Easter egg in Thor, not like an introduction of a character. But yeah, the whole the whole thing. I don't think they knew what they wanted to do with Black Widow because even in the Avengers, it's all about clearing her ledger. But it's like you're clearly in Shield, like, and then they completely drop that whole thing. And maybe they were thinking about doing her own movie then, which obviously never happened. So yeah, yeah. I don't. There was so it that her plot is so ripe with so much stuff because she has this whole history of being a Russian spy. Like you can do so much with that, 
and they wasted that opportunity. Like, I know they're going to try and, like, retroactively introduce some of that, but it's, like, not a prequel. Yeah. It's so... It's going to have prequel stuff in it. I know, but but still. Yeah. It's too late. (laughs) I'm still excited for it, but it's too late. just the nerve of the people that were shutting this down for years, thinking that people wouldn't want it. It's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know... Yes, there were some questionable things about her introduction, but her fight scenes were good, even though they were presented in a way that was campy and pretty over-sexualized. I really like the like throwdown that she puts on Happy when they're oh, in the yeah. boxing ring. That is great. I just the whole scene with Tony being like a weirdo about her, and then she does that, and Pepper's being like, "Oh my god!" Like that's like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Just looks over and sees him getting body slammed. Um, and we do get a lot of John Favreau, Happy Hogan, in this one, which is good. Oh yeah, when he's like trying to beat up that one guy and she's like down the whole hall is great. Yeah. But yeah, there's just a lot of uncomfortableness with that. And I, I know, it was just very overdone, I guess. Yeah, it it reeked of like that kind of like slightly like, well not slightly like sleazy gender role, like bordering on like creepiness from Tony. That was like like, a lot of in that boxing scene, she's like wearing like a tiny white shirt and like the camera is like on her breasts. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real male gazy. Yes. Real male gazy, which is like at the time, they were not, they one were not conscious of it, or they were like, these movies this are being is what targeted. The people at, want. Well, these movies are being targeted like at men. Like, this is an action movie about a guy. This is going to be for men. Unfortunately, um, they've <clears throat> turned that around a bit. Yeah. Well, speaking of the female characters, I just want to give some ups to Pepper. <laughs> she did a lot in this movie. She'll become CEO, which is, like, abs, what most deserved. Yeah. And uh, I just really like her being able to anticipate needs really well. Like, as soon as she saw that Tony was going out on the uh, field, or not the field, but the track, she was, like, happy, grab the suit, like, let's go, (laughs) like, something's up. Like, she was just ready for it and uh, isn't afraid to get into the trouble even though she like hates it she's like maybe screaming the whole time she's like not gonna like not be there yeah which i appreciate no this is this is great she does so much stuff and like is clearly not to be messed with um the scene where tony makes her ceo is very entertaining to me they're just like yelling over each other (laughs) and she's clearly not even thinking that at all um but where she's like, I'm trying to do a, like a, trying to do like your job, but she's better at it than he would ever be just because of her mentality about everything. (laughs) Did you want to talk more about Ivan and what is happening with the whips that he created? Like they just cut through metal, but not all metal. I respect that they were like, we have this classic Iron Man, I assume. I'm talking on my ass. We have a comic book villain named Whiplash. 
whose power is that he uses whips. We're going to make him use whips. But I'm like, what is this? Like, what is his background that he decided to use this as his weapon of choice? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I like that it was like its own thing, but I was just like, how, what are the mechanics of this? And I guess they're part of the thing, the, what don't, is it? Don't ask. What's the thing called? Arc reactor. Arc reactor. Like, so they have. Shout out to Ivan Vanka for being power. the only other person in the MCU to build an arc reactor. Like, this dude is, like, Tony-level intellect. Well, that's what that's the whole point, and I feel like they definitely don't shy away from that, but it's, like... But then he's... It's one movie, and he's done, and, like... I don't... Did he die? No, I guess not, but... Or maybe he did. I think I like so. that was very... Oh, yeah, he did, because he blew up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Ivan. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... And they were at the point where it's like, yes, we're going to kill our villains. Like, what are we going to do? Like, not kill our villain in the movie? Which is funny because in Thor, you know, it's kind of low-key. And then in Captain America, we think he's dead. But it was easy for them to not have to ever grapple with it again. Because otherwise you would have had people being like, well, Ivan Vanka knows how to build this. Where's he at? Right. <laughs> so I it would have been dangerous to have him stay around because it's like oh we just keep getting new tech from this guy although that could have been interesting it could have been a villain on land 15 years later oh my god mickey rourke's been 90 years old maybe they could have done a recasting like roadie which speaking of we get the new the the new roadster oh much welcome much welcome can you picture terrence howard as war machine no it just doesn't feel right. Because I don't know if I said this in the first Iron Man. Well, I know I said I like Terrence Howard, and I think he does a good Rhodey the friend, but I couldn't see him taking it to the next level like Don Cheadle does. No, it just it doesn't feel right to me. Like Don Cheadle brings like this slightly like more comedic edge to it that I think is needed for being able to riff with all the other Avengers. And I just, he fits so perfectly into that slot. I just can't see anybody else doing it. And even having seen Don Cheadle in other movies where he like lets loose a little bit more in this, I'm like, just let him, let him like go off the rails a little bit. But of course he's playing a military like person. Of course he's not. I mean, I have some beef with what Rhodey did in this movie. I don't know if we want to talk about that now or come back to it. I'm kind of going out of order. Go ahead. Well, I think that it was messed up that he, like, fine, take Tony's suit. Like, I don't give a shit about that. But, like, he immediately takes it to the government and is like, here's a weapon that I think is good for you guys to have. I mean, I know he's from the military, so, like, of course he trusts the military, but, like, I think that's the most ducked up shit that like isn't really addressed again. Yeah, well, I think the whole point was that the military doesn't get to weaponize it. I don't think like there's more that could have been explored here, but like it takes a couple movies for War Machine to become like even slightly like anti-military. Like he is with them. Like in Civil War, he's siding with Tony, who's siding with the guy. I know, but Tony's whole thing is, like, he doesn't want the military to weaponize the Iron Man. Yeah, but I think, like, Rhodey is, like, I understand that, but also, like, 
Also, it's immediately proven that it can be hacked and that somebody else can control it. And then in the third one, there's a decoy on the plane with the president. Like, there's so many bad reasons why. I think he just, you know, I don't know. Maybe and he then, just thought he was doing the right thing. Like, or Maybe he thought he was going to get in trouble if he didn't. It's shown as, like, a good thing that they're, like, then adding weapons to it. And they're like, yeah, let's add them all. Like, great. And that stays, too. Like, I just... What is the message that we're getting? Because in the first Iron Man, it's like about not wanting as many weapons and like Tony wants to get out of the weapons game. But then his best friend is like the most pro-weapons, pro-military person in the entire series. They never committed one way or another on how they were going to approach that problem. So you get them playing both sides of the field and it doesn't really make any sense. And I think... Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle's his way out of it because, like, he's so likable. But, yeah. like, I think if anyone else played it, Terrence Howard or anyone else, I would, like, hate Rhodey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying. It's just never really reckoned with at all. Yeah, you would think that Tony would be a lot less happy with him than he is. And we get other characters that are, like, military or military adjacent. But, like, Rhodey is, like, the military. Yeah. That man is, like, establishment military. Like, yeah, I don't know. It would have been interesting to see more repercussions from him doing that, but no, he just gets this suit kitted out with every gun that Justin Hammer has on the table and keeps it for the rest of the, <laughs> the, rest of the series. And, like, he's still military. Right, they can still send him on missions Which is crazy. with the suit. Like, like we never really address this, and he's still like, well, now he's not under Ross, but like he was like after Civil War. You know, you'd think that there would be something brewing under the surface. Well, clearly, I'm not on his side then either. But that, you know, yeah, that's for another movie. <laughs> sure, but yeah, it's not really something they ever talk about. It's just kind of like Rhodey's his buddy with another Iron Man suit. Forget how it happened. You know, don't worry about the specifics on how he got it. Like, I like that he gets his own suit and that, like, War Machine is a thing. I just don't like it being an arm of the government, I guess. Yeah. I mean, even, like, like War Machine, the name, like, being part of, like, the military-industrial complex and a direct right. outcome of their relationship with Hammer. <clears throat> Like, especially because of what was set up in Iron Man. God, like, I just hope they touch on this in Armor Wars. They, like, if they if they have the guts to, like, touch upon that kind of issue the way that they did with, like, race in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that could be something that... That's something that, like, needs to be explored because they've done such a half-assed job of it. I mean, I think that's what Steve Rogers is supposed to be representing as a militarized person of the government. Yeah, but they can do more specifically about all this technology that's been, you know, created by Tony. And yeah. Tony has this whole, like, I've privatized world peace bullshit in this. And they winked at it even in Falcon and the Winter Soldier by a, a cameo performance saying um, the... Uh, shield doesn't really belong to the government it's a bit of a gray area so like maybe that is supposed to be hinting that they're going to address some of these um questions because not just like not like how they've addressed race but they've addressed like a lot of political discourse with the snap and everything and 
obviously with it comes the yeah. government. Like I could see play. somehow the plot of that show leading to Rhodey like reclaiming this armor and being like, no, this is not yours. Like this was Tony's and no one should like be able to use this for their own agendas. Something like that. I hope they do because that would be interesting. Especially if that could function as like a sequel to all of the stuff that happened in this movie, much like Falcon and the Winter Soldier functioned as a sequel to Civil War. Because that's what we need. Yeah, but I, I from the conversation Rhodey had with Sam, I don't get that his position has changed really. Yeah, but I'm wondering if something in the show will make that happen. Yeah, that's true. Um, we get a prison break. Um, not unlike Zemo's no. prison Who had the better break, prison break? <laughs> Zemo. Yeah. But um, how does Sam Rockwell orchestrate this? I guess just he has enough money that he's just like... I suppose so. Here we go. Yeah. Unclear. <laughs> I don't know about the specifics of it, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, I think... Um, uh, a hammer and... Ivanka's team up is is fun and it's seeing seeing Justin Hammer get increasingly more pissed off as Ivan just does whatever he wants is pretty good because it's like you clearly have no power or leverage in this relationship. No, just period. You don't know how to build any of this stuff. And I do want to know how he became the primary DOD weapons contractor. I think that's telling in and of itself. Like that to me is so funny. It seems seems like it could be accurate you know he probably just has not the lowest not the highest prices but when he's charismatic when he wants to be yeah you can see why the military would like him but he's also like a total kiss ass (laughs) if he needs to be is this here's another qualm of how this movie doesn't relate to anything else but is this new element thing ever brought up again it seems like it would be a big deal do they even give the element a name they just say the new element yeah not no i don't let me see like it just was i know i used this word probably a lot but it was the most contrived plot to be like i'm looking at a map of a theme park essentially that my dad built and that's going to give me the clue (laughs) to creating or finding a new element that no one else has found and it's because i've zoomed in on this map and separated some molecules on my computer and then i lasered it across the house instead of just putting it directly at my target and created a new element it is (laughs) Totally ridiculous. Did I sum that up correctly? I think so. God. I don't know what else can I can say about it. Can you explain that, please? Nope. Nope. I cannot. It makes absolutely no sense. There is no follow-up. There's no follow-through. It's never mentioned again. It does not have a name. On the MCU wiki, it just says Tony Stark's new element. Doesn't and then doesn't he do something else to like once again fix his heart so that he doesn't need anything? Well, yeah, in the end of the third movie, he gets the shrapnel surgically removed. Removed, yeah. So Uh, it becomes completely moot, and it's like, well, we'll just let somebody else rediscover this. Nope, we're just never going to talk about it again. Weird move 
I don't know. The whole blood toxicity plot line was really... It felt like they wanted to do something else with it, and then it just... I guess they were just trying to, like, raise the stakes. It just didn't matter. If they had managed to somehow mesh the whole, like, blood toxicity thing in with, like, Vanko's plot, or it became, Right, that's like, what I mean, yeah. It just... It was a totally independent plot line that had you knew he wasn't gonna die of like blood poisoning and then it was like a waste of fury he's like you have the power to save your own heart i thought they were gonna be like guess what you're not the smartest person we actually have somebody that's been working on this here you go like that's what should have happened yeah the fury thing was weird i mean i liked having him there because of course like i love seeing fury but yeah he didn't have much to do it was like a pep talk. It's just such a weird movie. Like the it, yeah. the story structure and the pacing, it's just it's like forty percent movie, sixty percent setup for Avengers is what it feels like. Or future projects. Well, yeah, speaking of we do get the Captain America Shield Raft. Why does he have that? What even well, is it? It was Howard's it was probably a prototype. Yeah, it's not vibranium. No. It looks like it's it's made out of tin. I think it's his, like, one that he had. No, because he always had the vibranium one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's literally a prototype. Like, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. It's fun to have it there, and I liked that Phil was the one to see it. And he's like, like, do you know what this is? Giant Captain America fanboy that he is. And, of course, we get the Thor reference and the post credit scene. Yeah. Um, and I, you said this, that, like, John Favreau only did the first two Iron Mans. And I was thinking, like, he just wanted to set up Avengers. And he's like, I'm out. We've set it up. They have to do yeah. it now. You like, guys take it. <laughs> I wonder how much of that was even, like, his say. Because at, at that era of Marvel movies, they were making a lot of creative decisions by committee, which they stopped doing because directors were like, you can't do this like we can't keep making movies by committee it doesn't make for good movies so i feel like there was somebody being like here's a checklist of things that we need audiences to see but i think black widow john favreau and kevin feige wanted to set up avengers like that was their whole goal i think so that's definitely what their goal was but i think it was done a bit clunkily well i think that was like producer's influence i guess Mm -hmm. but i think that securing that like at least we know like it's going to go to avengers was like important totally like and i get that because they only had so many movies to get that established i mean i know they mention it in the first iron man with phil but it's not the same yeah yeah i mean you know they had to do what they had to do and it made more sense for some of these tie-ins to be in this movie over Thor. Yeah. Because Thor has... You don't have the players. The only thing in Thor really is Hawkeye being there, and then we get a bit more in Captain America. But I do think it was a setback overall for the movie. You know, it couldn't tell as much of its own story. It was like what happened with Batman v Superman. You know, there was a lot of, like, we're going to put the plot on pause real quick so we can introduce this character who will... Trust me, they'll come back. But, like, I don't know. Like, I have any idea how to set up this kind of story. 
you know, years in advance. But I still think it's it catches too much flack for that. I think it's a very fun movie. It's kind of long. It just kind of is. Long. It is. It does feel a little long, but it has that just that early MCU feel where everything was a bit more. You know, they not everything was like building up to like this huge plot. You know, they're clearly building to Avengers one, but it still didn't have like that. Yeah, I think feeling of epicness. Overall, it was just a little clunky. Totally. I think the individual pieces are really good, but they're probably greater than the sum of its parts. Just doesn't come together to be the the best one. How can the Stark Expo go for a full year? Because they're just like, well, we're here for the the opening night at Stark Expo, but it's going on all year, so we'll be back to check out like all of the events and stuff. I'm like, what? Where in Queens is like, yeah, yeah, you guys got it for the full year. I thought it was supposed to emulate like the World's Fair. Is that did that go for a year? I don't know much about the World's yeah, Fair. Yeah, I think you're totally right. It did. Well, yeah, it definitely was for a long period of time because of how people had to travel back in those days. Griff makes sense. Um, you know, by hot air balloon and stuff. <laughs> so everybody traveled in um, zeppelins. Yeah, I think it's supposed to emulate the World Fair, and it's like there's always stuff to see, and then I guess they have you know, events that they schedule and advertise, but... I just think it's a logistical nightmare. I'm just imagining in Flushing, Queens. It's like Coney Island. It's always there. That whole year you stay out of Queens because it's a (laughs) traffic nightmare. Well, yeah, I don't see how it fits in New York. Like, it's too big and sprawling. Like, but I guess it was already there from, like... First Stark, like just the fact of, and then what happens a year from now? Like, what does it all turn into? Yeah, that was it's driven of... everybody out of their apartments. They let him back in. Also, isn't Tony in like L.A.? Yeah, he lives in Malibu. Yeah, um, I was kind of thinking that to myself. I'm like, how do you have the one of the few like West Coast based superheroes? And still have the climax of this movie end but up in New York. But then they do Avengers Tower yeah. in New York, so. Well, you know, after his house gets blown up, it's not like he can really keep living in California, so. I mean, no, there's no other property he could buy. <laughs> um, and you mentioned it earlier, but the uh, I think the F1 scene is probably one of the cooler scenes in this movie. It's just fun. Um, and... If any of you avid listeners have played Hitman, you will probably sympathize with my saying that uh, Ivan Vanka really went full Agent 47. That man snuck onto the grounds of the Monaco Grand Prix in a maintenance worker's uniform and just wandered right out onto the track. Um if it was Hitman, probably would have just thrown a katana and killed one of the drivers, but he made a bit more of a spectacle out of it, which I can respect. Did he fly there? Because how did he get all that stuff on an airplane? We saw him get his passport. Maybe he held onto his bird. His board. Yeah. That was stupid. Unclear. Why was that bird plot needed? Just so he could have that banter with Sam about material things? All I would ever see about Iron Man 2 on the Reddit discussion was just like people saying, I want my bird. 
And I was like, what the hell does this mean? That's the most memorable thing about Bunko, apparently. So at least we have that. Anything else? Um, well, let me give you a little quiz question, which honestly, I wasn't really paying attention to this part of the movie. Maybe you were. But which famous person pops up at the Grand Prix when Tony is having some drinks with Justin Hammer before he decides to go out onto the track? The Vanity Fair writer? No. No, there is a real person in there making a cameo. An American? Uh, <laughs> I'm actually not sure. Hold on. I mean, he's based in America now, but he wasn't born here. Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. Give you one more guess. Very rich. Elon Musk. Yes. What? Elon Musk is in there. How I mean, old was he? Was he even like Elon Musk at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, he was already, I mean, he was well into, he'd already sold PayPal eight years prior. Oh, I forgot that he did he was PayPal. He was already part of SpaceX, Tesla. He was, he did his whole solar city thing. Um, he would have been, that was 11 years ago. Does he have a line? He was uh, 31. No, I can't do math. 38. Uh, yeah, I think he says hi. Let me. Is he the up. person that like congratulates Pepper? Uh, like when they're walking through. I just think it's so funny that he popped up there. He pitches an idea for an electric jet to start. Oh, that's funny. Um, and this is a fun fact that I did not know. Uh, he allowed Marvel Studios to use his SpaceX factory as the filming set for Hammer Industries. Interesting. Wow. That is a fun little tidbit. Thanks, Grip. Um, what would you say your favorite scene was? Well, I suppose I already said it. I think it's the F1. Yeah, for sure. Not just the fight scene, but just like the whole environment. I think it's a really cool event overall. And it was like... The movie kind of peaked there. It was ambitious to have a scene set there because I think they, you know, they had to recreate that whole set you know, presumably on some back lot, which is really impressive. And, uh, you know, there's no way that Happy is going to drive his Mercedes sedan the wrong way down an F1 but track. it was like not, a Bentley or something. It probably was a Bentley. But not get hit by any of those drivers. He's taking up like half the track in that thing. It seemed like all of the drivers were killed during that race and that went really wasn't you know what they should have done in civil war when they're talking about like all the things that the avengers have done that have gotten innocent people killed you know stark's feeling all good and self-righteous about it and then (laughs) ross is just like the 2010 monaco grand prix yeah cut to 30 of the world's foremost f1 drivers getting blown up by some russian guy Oh, man. Um, The other scene I would say other than that one is probably like the last fight where Tony and Rhodey team up. Yeah, that's one. That's that's a good one. And the drones, they work together well. And then they do like a little Harry Potter. 
priority income too. <laughs> so just references <laughs> all around. Howard Stark comes out of <laughs> yeah. I love you so. <laughs> Take my body back. <laughs> um Okay, let's wrap up. Is there someone you want to have their power? Um, I mean, Tony. Give me the Iron Man suit, I guess. I'd rather have the Iron Man suit than the War Machine suit. Oh, and it's so clunky. We're not exactly, like... There's not a lot of supply of people I want to be in this movie. Everyone is just... No one has powers here. Yeah, but I would take Black Widow's skill. Sure. I don't want to wear a suit like that. I mean, I do appreciate that it's bulletproof, but... Yeah, it seems not fun. I will also take Coulson. I know I've said this before, but like... He's your MVP. Coulson seems like he's having a good time. Yeah. He is my MVP, always. Okay, well, we're excited to keep trudging along yeah, this was a, the you MCU. Know, we've really hit the rock bottom here you know are you sure you want to stand by that statement well not necessarily but we haven't gotten to (laughs) thor 2 yeah yes but the double whammy of incredible hulk and iron man 2 is what i think if pressed a lot of people would say is you know we started off on a high note we're dipping down a little bit and now generally speaking we're on an uphill climb Thor 2 is just a little bit of a plateau on that climb. I'm excited about Thor. Me too. I love Thor. I know that's not a popular opinion always, but... I'm more excited for Captain America, and that's cheating because I know you are too. But Thor Thor will be a fun watch. Still a lot of fond memories about seeing that in theaters for the first time. And seeing the guy in the credits whose name is Oz Dolphin. Shout out to you, Oz Dolphin. I still hope you're out there working on Marvel movies. Don't remember what he did. Well, so tell us um, if you have any thoughts. Um, give us a five-star review if you feel so inclined. Yeah. Subscribe. Tell people that you're listening to this show. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think about uh, Mickey Rourke's performance. Or if there's a movie uh, that you want us to cover that's not necessarily like specific to DC or Marvel. Um I'm thinking we're going to watch The Incredibles soon. Yeah. We've got a lot of movies that are, you know, TBD on our docket. We're going to get around to them eventually. But, you know, if you've got something real, real niche, real unheard of that you think we would enjoy or at least would be interesting for us to talk about, hit us up. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we've been Into Into the the Superverse. Superverse.